This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. Sing me a song of a last that is gone. Say goodbye. All righty, everybody. Welcome to the show, everybody. Dr. Scott Warner is here. We are live. And to ask Dr. Scott Warner any medical questions, just call in to the phone number, 347-884-8245, and press the one on your phone. And I do apologize. We had some network uh, issues as far as connecting, but if that ever happens, just stay where you guys are at, and it will always get uh, fixed here in just a couple of minutes. So I went ahead and uh, deleted the, uh, you know, the intro music, so let's go straight to Dr. Scott Warner. Hi, uh, <clears throat> this is uh, Dr. Scott Werner. I am a previous medical doctor. I no longer practice medicine because I found that uh, our medical paradigm has gone from uh, trying to heal people to actually uh, it's just more about money and making uh, hospitals money, insurance companies money, it's uh, no longer about taking care of the individual. It's uh, uh, more about doing what's best for the the industry. And so I found that as I practiced medicine in the beginning, I called it the golden age of medicine because – We were pretty much able to do what was best for the patient. We didn't have protocols. We used our intuition, and we uh, took care of people in the best manner we knew, and we were trained by other doctors who did similar things. And then as my medical training continued, the PPOs, HMOs, pharmaceutical industry, hospital industry, they actually took away the power of the doctors to do what was best for the clients and started making uh, protocols for the doctors and standards of care and and, uh, had the boards reprimand doctors that were practicing outside the scope of their practice, outside of the standards of care. And so you got punished for following your intuition, following what you felt was best for the patient. And as this went on, I was uh, I was very fortunate because I was able to train under some of these older doctors who were quite fascinating and they had abilities that went beyond their medical training. It went into their intuition, their uh, actual healing of people. And I enjoyed these older doctors because they were just magnificent beings and they did the best they could for their patients and their clients. And I 
when I uh, got cancer at the age of 29 uh, and the medical profession couldn't offer me any type of cure or hope, literally they, the radiation wouldn't work, the surgery would have left me uh, paralyzed, the, uh, uh, the chemotherapy did not do anything to the malignant melanoma, and so they told me, well, you're doing okay. Why don't you go home and get ready to die? You'll be dead in about two to three months. And I just wasn't ready to accept that because as I got with some of the older docs, they're like, oh, there's a lot of different things you can try. And we've done this and this and this. And I got on my knees and I prayed and actually had the name Holda Clark come to me. And Holda Clark was a microbiologist out of Chicago, Illinois at the time. And she had been studying a lot of different cancers and uh, looking at them under the microscope. And she had found a, 99% of these had fungus in them. They had parasites in them and virus material. And there was also a lot of gunk that she called toxic material. And as the testing went on, this toxic material was actually petrochemicals and uh, different plastics, different uh, heavy metals. And so when she wrote her first book, The Cause of All Cancers, uh, she included these things in there, especially parasites, because the modern medical profession was totally ignoring parasites as a cause of any kind of disease in the people. And so we, uh, I called up Holda Clark the next day after reading a paper that had been set on my desk, and she taught me how to cure my cancer. And it was using herbs, chelation therapy, uh, energy medicine, antivirals, antifungals, parasite cleansing, you know, all the stuff that modern medicine does not use currently. Uh, and quite frankly, if you are a medical doctor and you use anything besides chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, you're practicing outside the scope of practice and the standard of care, and they will come after you, and they do come after you. And so it's it's quite fascinating that, that we're in a period where medical doctors are bound by uh, those standards of care and the uh, the different practice that they have to do, or they can come under scrutiny of not only the the laws here in the United States and the medical boards and the different uh, tools they use to control the doctors, but you can you can also lose your freedom. And, uh, you know, some of the doctors down in Florida in 2016, there were, were 30 doctors down in Florida that uh, lost their lives. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't even know what happened to them. You don't hear much about it. And I can tell you, you know, 
instead of uh, putting you through the legal system and the torture of that, they just, you know, put these guys to death. And uh, I think they were assassinated. And uh, we don't hear much about this because, you know, it comes and goes. We humans, we have a short attention span, and so we don't pay attention. But, boy, I paid attention because I love Florida. And I knew a lot of docs down there. And two of them that got killed uh, were people I had met and had relationships with. And here they're gone. And um, so we're living in a very tough time to be a medical doctor, especially one who wants to actually heal the people. And I don't know many doctors that don't want to heal people. But, boy, I tell you, when, when you talk about doing things that are not uh, in alignment with what they're taught to do, they get mighty afraid now. And I can't blame them. I can't blame them one little bit. And so uh, recently, four weeks ago, uh, I had an attempt taken on my life, and it was quite interesting. I was up, uh, up north at a conference, and uh, I got hit with a with a weird light phase rifle that I saw the flash, and luckily I had put protection around me. And we humans, we have the ability to create things. You know, I keep talking about creating 24 strands of DNA. That's nothing compared to some of the things we can create. Uh, but I was told by St. Germain to put a protection around my body because there was going to be something happen that would harm me is basically what he told me. And he said, put a reflective material around you that reflects back anything that comes at you energetically and have it reflect back at the person or things shooting whatever it is at you, you know, and there's a lot of energetic things that we get hit with, you know, when somebody's angry with us, you know, it's like little fiery darts can be hit, hitting our energetic field and causing damage when somebody's jealous of us, any kind of negative emotion, these things can hit us and they do cause harm unless we immediately forgive the person and let it go, and, uh, you know, and I use Ho'oponopono all the time. I just, you know, to anybody who's attacking me, I say, I love you. I'm sorry for whatever reason you're angry at me or mad at me or jealous at me or whatever it is. And then I'm sorry that this happened. Please forgive me. Uh, forgive my, any of my involvement in in causing anything that you're angry at me with. And thank you for teaching me uh, to be kind and generous and, and grateful that, that uh, I'm helping people and helping you to uh, have a better life, be a better person. And this whole ponopono totally shifts the energy so that it doesn't harm you and cause disease. In fact, Hugh Lin, L-E-N, who created, he actually didn't create the Ho'oponopono, but he did talk about it and was made famous by a book 
that was written about it. And uh, he was a very remarkable individual. We uh, took a course from him on the Big Island about uh, six years ago. And it was quite fascinating because he talked about energy and how energy can emanate from anything. And whether it's a good emanation or a bad emanation can cause you harm or good. And so when I uh, cured my cancer, I started using those things that I learned uh, from the herbalists and prayed very hard to have the best herbalist on the planet to come teach me. And lo and behold, this guy showed up at my office there in Cedar City uh, the next day and said, if you will open an herb store, I will teach you about the herbs. Well, the interesting thing was he not only taught me about herbs, but he taught me about crystals. He taught me about homeopathic medications. He taught me about uh, doing space-time dimensional work and uh, going through interdimensional uh, patterns. And he taught me about the pyramids and how they focus energy. He taught me about correcting the DNA through our thoughts and uh, many, many, many other things. And he was fascinated that I was doing chelation therapy, doing uh, herbs, the, the few amount of herbs that I knew about. And uh, he was very pleased that I was open to learning more. And he taught me and stayed with me for four years. And at the end of that four years, uh, it was 2000, August of 2001, and he said he needed to go to New York City. And, you know, he didn't like big cities because, you know, for four years I'd been taught by him and he enjoyed being with country folk and people who were simpler and easier to talk to because he said as people get too uh, well-to-do, they become difficult and they're not teachable. And he liked having people who were simpler and teachable. And uh, so when he went to New York, he ended up about four blocks away from ground zero. And uh, it was interesting because I was told by this book called St. Germain and Alchemy that was written by uh, Mark and uh, uh, Mark Prophet and his wife. And in that book, you go in a little bit, and there's a picture of St. Germain, and by golly, it was the same guy that taught me for four years about the herbs. Uh, looked exactly like him. And I called him up, and I confronted him. Are you St. Germain? He started talking about being in Transylvania and, uh, you know, some of these places in, in uh, the middle of times and telling me stories about different things. And so I knew that it was him. Now, I had learned so much and was helping people to, to heal, get rid of their diseases. And this was against what the medical profession is about currently. And so uh, 
I got in trouble. You know, the medical boards came after me, the Medicare, Medicaid, you know, all these different things came after me saying I was committing fraud because I would diagnose somebody with a with a malady, a disease, and treat it instead of with the standard of care. I was treating people with herbs and homeopathics and, and energetic medicine, even crystal therapy, you know, different things, and praying for people. We actually would have prayer circles and pray for people, and, and it worked. And uh, we experienced a lot of interesting things and uh, came to find that, you know, it wasn't making the system money, so the system came after me. And I gave up my medical license for my freedom. Uh, But not only that, but I I gave it up so I could continue helping people to heal and to learn. So if you have any questions about your health, feel free to call uh, the, the number and uh, we'd be glad to answer your questions. Now, all of us have intuition. I'm not the only one that has intuition. Mothers have intuition, especially about their children and their husbands, and and fathers have intuition about their business and their families. And my my deal was I was focusing on people's health, and I would ask God every day, the Creator, to help me with people and I would receive intuition and as I learned from St. Germain I learned how to use kinesiology and my wife at the time didn't like me doing kinesiology because it was muscle testing and I would have people hold up their arm and I'd test them against different herbs different ways of healing them and I would get answers through their body's strength their body would go weak with a no or it was bad for them and it would go strong with a yes or it was good for them. And this is how I did learn to do a lot of testing. And my ex-wife did not like me doing that. She says, you're a medical doctor. You shouldn't be doing this muscle testing thing. So I got on my knees that night and I prayed and I asked God, what do I do to keep my wife happy? And he said to me, I'll tell you in your mind. So you ask the question and I'll give you the answer. And what happened was I started hearing uh, hearing in my mind what was needed to be done. And uh, it was a, a gift given by the creator. And uh, as I you know, worked on my clairvoyance or clear seeing, I was able to see people's auras. And I'd always been able to see auras, but I could see uh, different problems in the body. Like, you know, if somebody walked in and they looked gray, I knew they were either on drugs or they had cancer. And so I would ask further questions in my mind and receive answers and be able to die, uh, see exactly what was going on in the body. And uh, my clairsentience also grew, which is clear feeling. I would actually feel in my body when I would focus on a person. I would feel in my different organs things going wrong. And like if somebody had hepatitis or their liver was bad, I'd feel pain in my liver or I'd feel a clog in my liver, 
you know, it would be really interesting. And if they had a problem with their kidneys, I'd feel pain in my kidneys or, or a problem in my kidneys. And if they had a stone, kidney stone, I'd feel pain in my in my uh, ureters. And, and if they had a bladder infection, I'd feel pain in my bladder. I mean, it was quite fascinating how I would feel these things, very empathic. And, uh, and clear audience, which is clear hearing, I would hear a voice say, oh, they've got this or they've got that. And so, you know, you could call me a little bit schizophrenic, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's you just kind of keep it to yourself and, and hear and see and know different things and feel different things. And that's how we have our intuition. I uh, talked with a lady today out of New York City. And, you know, when I was talking to her, she kept saying, you know, I'm feeling like that's true. You know, I I know that's true. And then she'd say, hey, you know, I can see that. And she was talking with her own intuition. And you can see as you talk, you will say things that uh, that help you know what what's going on. Uh, my daughter, uh, she has a very good job currently, but it's very stressful. And she was talking about, you know, whether she should go to another job or stay in the same job. And as she was talking, you could hear her emotions come through. And, you know, when when she got done with talking, I said to her, you know, you know exactly what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to uh, go get a different job because everything you were saying and seeing and feeling in your speech about the job you have now, you really need to go get the other job because you talked much happier about this other job in this interview. And your older job, it's giving you a lot of anxiety. It's giving you a lot of stress. And it's not in your happy, you're not in your happy zone, you know. And so what makes us happy is what we should be doing. And she understood that and she listens to me. So I think she's going to give her two weeks and and uh, get this new job because it feels better and the people are happier and, and she's going to be happier because she won't have to work so many hours and it'll be easier on her health. So getting back to intuition, when I was praying for more light and knowledge, especially about uh, what's going on in the world and what we need to do uh, to keep ourselves healthy, uh, you know, one of the big problems we have is we have a lot of uh, viruses that have been mutated and recreated and used to put DNA or RNA into our food or the animals that we eat. 
And these viruses take and put the DNA in, and, and they don't remove them. They just leave them there. And so the food actually uh, that gets modified still has the viruses. And by having those viruses in there, they can mutate our DNA. And when I first went to Fairfield, Iowa, I stayed at Jeffrey Smith's house, who is a master at knowing what genetically modified foods are all about. And, you know, I was there for 10 days, and he taught me every night about what Monsanto and these different corporations were doing to our food. And the, he wrote a book called The Seeds of Deception, and also has a book, big book called Genetic Roulette, where he talks about these genetic mutations and how it's changing not only our food, but it's altering us because they're inserting these different uh, uh, genetic modifications in the food, and then it gets in, we eat the food, and those viruses are still there, and they take and insert this stuff in our cells. And it's easier to change uh, animal cells because we don't have a cell membrane. A cell mem excuse me, we don't have a cell wall like plants do. Uh, animals have a cell membrane, and it's much easier for a virus to penetrate a cell membrane because the cell walls are much thicker and harder, and they're made of cellulose, and uh, they're harder to get into. And so modifying the animals is much easier, and that's why so many of us are getting cancer now is because these mutations get into our DNA and cause problems. And they cause, you know, there's <laughs> one of the things they do is, is they insert these BT toxins, which are actually toxins that will kill insects. So when you put these into to the plants, the plants will start producing these toxins that kill the, the insects that eat them and makes them sick. And so when we eat them, uh, it makes us produce these toxins. And we're actually in the animal realm, which insects are in. And so it causes us harm. And we start killing our own selves off just, you know, with these toxins and these BT toxins. So, and there's uh, over 16 now that are in the different foods, 16 different types of BT toxins uh, that kill off certain things. And they're, they're inserting uh, antifungal, uh, anti-rust genetics. And in fact, one of the latest is you know how apples get looking brown after they sit out for a while. They're actually putting a gene in that changes the apple so that it doesn't turn brown and it doesn't look bad. The apple can sit out for days and look fine. Oh, we got must have a question. We have some. 
Yes, Doctor, we have some callers here, um, so why don't we bring them on? Um, so let's bring on first uh, Maggie from Mississippi. Hi, Maggie. How Hi. Are you? Uh, well, I'm recouping. Uh, had an emergency surgery and had my appendix out, and I uh, just got off my two weeks of bed rest. And just seeing if, I don't know, if you picked up on anything. Well, appendix, you know, if you go talk to the appendix people, the surgeons, they'll tell you that God put that appendix there so they could make money because they oh, really? really don't know <laughs> the purpose of the appendix. They they think it, you know, they call it a an appendage, a rudimentary appendage is what they call it, which translated into normal people uh, language means they don't know what it is, and it's it's there because you know dogs and cats and the, the lower species needed this thing. That's what, what my surgeon said. That's exactly what my surgeon said. Yeah, well, I know because I used to remove. And yeah. people would ask me, what, what's this for? I'd tell them, well, they teach us in medical school. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. When, it's useless. But, but it, it can cause you to die if it ruptures because it, the infection will go out into what they call the peritoneum, which is the space in between the bowels and all the organs, and it will infect you, and you get peritonitis, you can die. About 50% yeah. of the people die that get peritonitis. So so in order to save your life, they remove the appendix. But what right. actually I learned from St. Germain was the appendix was actually a little organ that tests the pH of the stool or the chyme as it moves from the small intestine into the large intestine. So it's actually got a reason for being there, and it controls the ileocecal valve. There's an actual valve there that the anatomists say don't, it doesn't exist, but as energetically... It keeps the chyme from moving into the large intestine, the chyme coming down through the the, uh, the uh, jejunum and the duodenum and, you know, all the parts of the bowel and the ileum, which is the distal part of the small bowel. And at that point where it comes into the colon, it tests the pH and makes sure that you know, when it travels into your colon, it the pH isn't too high. Now, as you know, our stomach adds acid to our food it, to mainly break down proteins and protect us from bad bacteria, parasites, and that sort of stuff. And then it moves into the small intestine, and the pancreas and liver add bile and enzymes, and it's more of a higher pH, so it neutralizes the acidity and makes it more of a, a neutral pH. 
And as it moves down through the bowel, when it reaches the ileum and the ileocecal valve where the appendix is, the appendix makes sure that it's not too acidic as it enters into the large intestine. Because as you know, if you get food poisoning, which is bad bacteria making it too acidic in your intestines, you get severe diarrhea. So if you get this acidic uh, chyme, which is the, the uh, residual of what you've eaten, comes down there, and if the pH is too acidic, you actually get diarrhea and get rid of it out of the colon quite quickly. And this can dehydrate the body. And so the appendix tests the pH. If it's too low, it speeds things up so it moves it through your body faster. And that happens when you get, you know, food poisoning. It'll move it fast through your body. It'll even stimulate you to throw it up if it's too acidic because that you know when people throw up man that stuff coming up and out is always horribly acidic and so uh, the appendix serves the purpose to keep our bowels normalized and keep the ph normalized and so when they remove it you no longer have that ability and so Mm. a lot of people end up getting you know constipation and they don't have as good a bowel movements once their appendix has been removed. And your body can't tell whether or not you're getting, you know, food poisoning or not. I mean, it's quite interesting, the problems it causes. But you can, uh, so what I recommend to people when they get their appendix out is something has caused the bacteria to get too acidic And then you get this bad bacteria into your appendix and it causes appendicitis. And so the most important thing you can do from now on is take good probiotics. And the reason why is the good probiotics will fight against any bad uh, bacteria that you get in your system. It even fights against bad uh, viruses. It fights against, you know, poisoned food even. And so once you get your appendix out, I I recommend everybody uh, to take a good probiotic. Now, the other thing I tell people about probiotics is, believe it or not, diversity is the best for our body. People will go and they'll buy the same probiotic every month, month after month. And what that does is you specifically put in the, the uh, good bacteria that are in that one product and you get an overgrowth of those particular strains. And so that can cause other problems because different bacteria do different things in our digestive system. You know, they can even make vitamin C for us. They make the B vitamins for us. They help us digest our food. And so what I found over the years is it's best to buy a different probiotic every month that you buy a probiotic. And that way you get more diversity because every company has different strains of bacteria 
They're all good. Don't get me wrong. They're all good bacteria, but you want to diversify and get all different kinds of good bacteria. And that way your, your bowels stay healthier because you've got diversity in there. Because there's actually different bacteria that'll fight the bad bacteria. There's different bacteria that'll fight fungus and the bad fungus in your body. And there's actually a good fungus uh, that uh, you can also take and put into your your bowels that is actually, you know, most fungus I don't like, but there's certain uh, fungus that is actually helpful with our digestion. And so not only take probiotics after you've had your appendix out, but take a diversity of probiotics. Take a different one. Every time you go to buy one, buy a different brand from a different company. And, you know, this will help out all the companies too because, you know, sometimes one company has the, you know, the market and everybody's buying their probiotic because everybody says, oh, they're the best. But, But it's really good to switch up. Does that make sense? It does, and I really appreciate it. I've been taking probiotics only for about the last, oh, I don't know, uh, I think about two and a half months or something like that. I don't know how many comes in a box, but the first box I got when my daughter went, they didn't have it, and she got me a different con. So I guess I was just lucky there. I'm on my second box, I think. And um, so, um, or third, it might be third box, I don't know. But, um, if I got two for one the first time, I only got yeah you know, I got a different kind the second when she went for me. So that good. was a uh, that was an accident, but it was a good accident. And I, yes. I, I keep I keep losing stuff. I have a bad habit of writing stuff down and losing it. Um, um, what is the fungus stuff that, that where where would I go to get that? Well, go to your uh, herbalist or your uh, your health food store and uh, ask them. Uh, one of the ones I like is Sarcomyces boulderae because it, okay. and That's especially after word. having your Could appendix you spell out, it? Sarcomyces, boy, you asked me to do something. Boy, I better turn on my computer and look here because it's a hard one to spell. S-A-R-C-O. <laughs> M-Y, sarcomyces. There's sarcomyces. Okay. So. Uh, That's S-A-R-C-O-C-C. There's two C's. S-A-C-C-H-A-R-O-M-Y-C-E-S. That's sarcomyces. Okay, I'm at the M. I'm at the M. Okay, M-Y. Uh-huh. C-E-S, and then the Bolardi is B-O-U-L-A-R-D-I-I, and it's been shown to be very beneficial. Okay, B-O-U-L-A-R-A, it's me, L-A-R-D-I-I. B O U L A R D I I. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, sir. 
Thank you so much. And that that helps keep you get from getting that post appendix diarrhea caused by bad bacteria. So, and I would even buy different strains of the Sarcomyces boulderi. Uh, okay. Ballardi, I should call it Ballardi. Uh, here I didn't even know how to spell it myself, and here I'm supposed to be a specialist in this stuff. <laughs> so it's kind of a rough one to spell. But yeah. uh, it's it's a good yeast. And there's okay. several others. A lot of people uh, even use the yeast that makes beer. And because uh, that's, that's a, actually a good yeast. And I can't remember the name of that off the top of my head, but but uh, I guess they'd know what I was talking like about. To... If I said beer yeast, huh? Yeah, the beer yeast. Oh, let's see, beer yeast. Yeah, I want to it's... be on the back of my can of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, there's different different varieties. The fermenting yeast. So the yeah. so so basically the fungus stuff is a yeast is is, is a yeast. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeast, fungus, molds, rusts are all from the family of fungus, and oh. Uh, oh. different fungus is actually it can actually help us. Uh, they produce a lot of the B vitamins that we get. And, you know, a lot of people used to take brewer's yeast to help them with B vitamins. And, uh, you know, if you're having other problems with the gut, we, you know, I remember way back we used to recommend yeast a lot, the, the good brewer's yeast. And there's different varieties of that even. And so, but... The the thing you don't want to do is eat a lot of sugar because the sugar uh, stimulates candida, the morelia, the aspergillus varieties I'm of yeast. I'm actually allergic to candida, oh, which yeah, is weird. Oh, yeah, it's bad for you. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, a bad I do, yeast. I do like sweets, but I guess... I should, I should, uh, you know, I've always, I've always ate junk food. I mean, I'm 67 years old, and I've always eaten all kind of junk and stuff. I eat healthy too and junk, but um, yeah, I could cut back on the sugar. I, I have cut back yeah. on it actually. I, I used to drink a lot of soft drinks, and I don't anymore. I mainly drink water and Good. coffee. That's much better for you. Much better yeah. for you. I and plus, you don't have myself. all those. Yeah, and you don't have all those additional calories that you get with soda right. pop. And the the artificial sweeteners, a lot of people switched over to you know diet. I hate soda. Yeah, I know. I would rather have real even sugar the, than artificial. Yeah, even the diet sodas are bad for you because the the artificial sweeteners are like uh, neural stimulants. They overstimulate the brain and right. cause problems. So, so anyway, did we answer all your questions? Yes, you did. Um, yes, you did. I, I am so grateful I got to you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's get our next caller. Okay. Thanks, Maggie. Take care. Yes. Let's thank, go. Thank you to, so much, Michael. You're very welcome. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, Anna, Michael. where are you from? Hi, I'm in Oregon. Oregon. 
Okay. Yeah. Just and what's your question, little... Anna? Okay. Well, I have some issues that I've been dealing with in my body for the last few years. Um, I have osteoarthritis in both knees and underwent uh, knee replacement surgery that didn't heal well, and I'm still having trouble walking after two years. And it's, they, they both hurt pretty much the same. And I'm also dealing with GERD, and I was listening to you talk about acidic foods, which I try and stay away from, but not always. And sometimes I'll eat something, and I'll actually, it'll throw up. You know, it just doesn't even digest. So um, I'm just wondering if you can tune into what is going on. There's a lot of swelling and discomfort. Yes, and what I'm what I'm getting is, you know, we're just talking about uh, yeast and fungus, and it feels like you've got a huge overgrowth of fungus in your body, and that explains why you ended up needing knee replacements. That they're not healing well, because when fungus is in the body, it it literally sucks the energy out of all the cells that they're infecting. And literally, you just don't heal very well. And so working on getting fungus out of the body will help a lot of things. Now, when you get osteoarthritis or even osteoporosis, the the thing fungus does that causes this, and it is the cause, is that it makes us acidic because when the fungus eats, it produces acid. Now, you've even got the GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease or disorder, however they want to put it. And GERD is due to fungus in the gut. And a lot of docs, they'll give you, uh, you know, antacids or even, you know, things that proton pump inhibitors that, that prevent your body from even producing acid which actually contributes to the uh, yeast problem because when we're very acidic, fungus can't grow in an acid environment and our stomachs naturally produce stomach acid. But when we have fungus, the, our stomach cells, our parietal cells that produce the, the acid don't do that anymore because they get damaged and then fungus moves in and causes uh, a lot of gas, a lot of uh, distress in the intestines. It slows down peristalsis, so the food doesn't even move very well. And so you end up getting a lot of reflux and uh, a lot of acid coming up in the esophagus and it even comes up and out, you know. Sometimes you'll vomit, just like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier about the appendix. Now, so what? How I treat people with this type of problem that you've got? Now, I'm feeling too. You've got some parasites in your system that's also causing some of this problem with the GERD, and you're not being able to heal because parasites actually suck out our energy too, so we can't heal. And so I would do a parasite cleanse for 14 to 15 days, and then I'd do antifungals. 
Now, truthfully, when you're doing a parasite cleanse, you're not only treating parasites, but you're treating the fungal problem because wormwood is a very powerful antifungal as well as kills worms in our body and different parasites. And so you're actually doing antifungal for the whole month when you do the parasite cleanse and then go do a fungal cleanse. And But the parasites themselves, the eggs won't hatch while you're doing the parasite cleansing. So with the parasites, you have to alternate. Now, the other advantage of this is you're only taking your antifungal for the 15 days when you're off the parasite cleanse. So the fungus doesn't have time to become resistant because at the end of the 15 days, you're back using wormwood again, which is different. And so the fungus can't develop uh, resistance. So I really like going back and forth between parasite cleansing and, and then do 15 days of antifungals. So 15 day, 14 to 15 days of parasite cleansing and do 15 days of uh, antifungals. And what this will do for your body, it will get rid of the critters sucking out your energy and keeping you from healing because they're even keeping you from absorbing your nutrients because you're throwing them up and you can't absorb them because the fungus is eating them and, and they've changed your good bacteria so they're not able to digest your food. And, uh, you know, it's causing a myriad of problems. So I would highly recommend with what's going on in your system to alternate parasite cleansing for 14 days with antifungals for 15 days. And you do them opposite. So you're doing like a 29, 30-day cycle of, you know, doing a parasite cleanse and then do an antifungals and then go back and do another parasite cleanse. Now, the other thing that St. Germain taught me was the 24-strand DNA manifestation. And what this does is it strengthens our cells by putting perfected DNA back into our cells. And this serves a lot of good purposes. Number one, it strengthens our cells, makes them stronger, strengthens our immune system, strengthens our organs, strengthens our cartilage, strengthens everything, you know, and it helps us produce better enzymes it helps us produce uh you know because we're hearing about all these enzymatic defects in humans now because we actually are getting these viruses in our food that is changing our cells so they don't produce the healthy things they used to produce and they're and these new genes that are being genetically modified and put into our cells are actually making our cells dysfunction and do other things that they weren't created to do. And so uh, by doing the 24-strand DNA manifestation, and you download this off my uh, website at scottwerner.org and go to the free downloads and you download the 24-strand DNA, or you can send me an email to scott.healthlongevityinc at gmail.com and we can send you a copy of the the divine invocation is what St. Germain called it. And what that does 
is instead of taking two years, three years to heal your body, uh, you can put this perfected DNA back into your body and do the parasite cleansing and antifungals in the meantime. And instead of taking two to three years to heal your body, it only takes six months because by the time you get that perfected DNA in and you've killed the parasites and fungus, your body's now able to heal faster because you've got perfect DNA and cells. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So I, now, I I'm a mouthful there. Well, no, and, I, I uh, heard all of it. It's, it's a good mouthful. <laughs> good, good. Um, now, the other thing I would recommend is taking collagen and mm-hmm, I taking do. minerals. Because uh, if if your bones aren't healing, you need minerals, and you need to take the right type of minerals. Uh, What St. Germain taught me is we need to take uh, chelated minerals that are chelated to amino acids like asporotates Mm -hmm. or glycinates, different amino acids, because the amino acids help build protein, and the minerals help build the bones. And we need both. (laughs) <laughs> and the mm-hmm. collagen, one of the biggest reasons we're having a problem with our collagen is glycosphate or Roundup actually interrupts the enzyme that helps us build collagen. And collagen is in all of our tissues. It strengthens our tissues and ligaments, tendons, the discs in our back. And there's so many people having problems with collagen, lack of collagen, because we can't make it anymore because of these dang uh, petrochemicals and such. So I highly recommend to people to take collagen and minerals and chelated minerals, not just you know the rocks because our body can't do anything, especially if we got fungus because the bacteria. Believe it or not, bacteria helps us absorb our minerals. It helps plants absorb their minerals. One of the ways glycosate works is it makes it so the bacteria dies and can't help the plant get minerals and water into it. And so it desiccates and dies. It can't get water. So, you know, by helping get the minerals, more minerals, more water, Uh, You know, good bacteria, definitely you need good bacteria. I would use a good probiotic every month and change up the probiotic. Do you have any other questions? Um, Yeah, I, well. We're out of time, doctor. We're out of time. We're flat out of time. (laughs) Thank you for your call. Listen again next week, and we'll we'll take care of you even further. And uh, thank you all for listening today, and I bless you all with, Excellent health. Thank you, Doctor. And I do want to say that all of Doctor's uh, links for as uh, how to contact him, phone number, website, Facebook, are all on this show page on Journey Into the Light on Blog Talk Radio. And that is really where you need to go. Give him a call. Send him a message to get the full help that you need. This is just a little tidbit. That's all the radio show can be because the time is so limited and we got a lot of people and we're just, uh, I hated to cut off that call, but we're out of time even right now while I'm talking. So when it's time, it, it has to end. It's part of 
radio and TV and all that. Um, anyway, we do the best we can. The doctor was on for a full hour. He will be back, like he says, every Monday here on Monday afternoon. So, And we do have archive shows of the doctor here on Journey into the Light of his weekly shows. Okay? So all the ways to uh, take care of you there. I'll be back live on Journey into the Light in two hours. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. 